the argument of commentary on Romans. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Commentary on Romans by Theodoret of Cyrus. Argument. Various and comprehensive is the doctrine which the Holy Apostle unfolds in the present epistle. Its general scope is this, worthy of all awe and adoration to the sincere believer, as is the mystery of the divine incarnation, clearly manifesting as it does the loving mercy of God. They nevertheless who are involved in the darkness of infidelity, and have not admitted the light of intellectual illumination, scorn that which even the company of angels can worthily celebrate, as the inspired apostle distinctly says in his epistle to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to them that are saved it is the power of God. In this epistle to the Romans, therefore, he exhibits the indispensable necessity of this saving gospel, together with its utility and advantage to all mankind, Jews or Greeks. In order to which, in the first place, he convicts the Greeks of having palpably corrupted the moral sense of good and evil implanted in their constitution by their maker, and transgressed the moral law. And secondly, the Jews of having, although in the enjoyment of the written instructions of the divine laws, yet rejected the benefit arising from them, and rendered themselves thereby obnoxious to the heavier retribution. After this he shows that our God and Saviour came not for the condemnation and punishment of sinners, but to bring pardon for their offences, to promise victory over death, and proclaim eternal life. Again, perceiving that the Jews clung but too much to the law, and those who savoured of the errors of Marcion and Valentine, with the Manichees too much altogether undervalued and condemned it, as an expert general surrounded on all sides by his enemies strikes down first one and then the other, so does the holy apostle break in pieces by divine grace the band of heretics and all the array of the Jews. For how does he conduct the argument? By neither elevating the law too high, because of the extravagance of the Jews, nor giving any occasion for reproach to the profane heretics, but demonstrating that it taught all that was needful, and brought in the doctrine of justification, although incompetent to convey justification itself by reason of the infirmity of those under it, and showing that faith brings to effect the design of the law, and what it fain would do but cannot, it perfects through the grace of the thrice Holy Spirit. By all which we learn how continually regardful of mankind is God our Creator, in that not only did he implant in our nature the power of discriminating between good and evil, but also by the very works of his creation led such as were willing to piety and holiness. For although all were not thus willing to see the truth, they who were had full enjoyment of it, as they desired. He next further instructs us that the God of all turned not to this plan of our salvation as though in a change of counsel from any of his former designs, but as having long ago foretold it in the ancient prophets, he sets forth the cause of the rejection of the Jews, and admonishes the believing Gentiles not to boast over them, exhorting them to lead the way in the gospel. With these doctrinal lessons he joins recommendations to practical virtue, at once displaying the truth and reforming the morals. Such, then, is the general argument of the epistle, all the particulars in which the interpretation of the separate passages will now clearly make known to us. End of the argument.